just just sit down for a moment. I want to be mindful. It's an honor to be here with all of you. And um, in like manner, we've been we've been anticipating being with this fine church and with your great pastor and his wife. And as he made mention, we have known them from afar for for some years, I suppose, and our paths have crossed a few times, and uh, you know, I have told him privately, and also will say this publicly, and um, he preached powerfully on our Friday night youth conference that we host, but really I told him, I said, you know, the words that he spoke and that God anointed him to speak on Sunday have been a a highlight for our church this year really was and um, I'm not in the I'm not in the habit of telling a false truth especially in the house of God and so I say that with all all intent that he really did give us a word from the Lord for our local church and I thank God for that. You're thankful for the pastor, the man of God here. God bless them. And sisterhood, they have treated us already so, so well. They Now, I'm going to tell you, you know what I've noticed about this man is he's a man willing to take a risk. You say, how do I know that? Well, he had all five of us in his house. He had all five of us in his house. And I'm going to tell you, five beats two. And so we are, they're just nesting in our home now. So if you see them out on the side of the road somewhere in Carson, would you pick them up, please? And just let them know that you love them. But we have, we've been treated so well. And they have, I couldn't go down all the list of food that they have provided for us and Bliss deck. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think you could think of some anything else. Uh, if I get sick, it's really the devil. I've been sucking down emergency. I mean, I've got bliss decks. I've got water. I've got Lacroix. If there's if there's an end of the day, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to make it by the grace of God. And so God bless them. We love them. And um, good to be with this church. And uh, I looked to our left and greeted them before service, but it's good to see brother and sister Bobo, and we have known them for many, many, many years, and uh, many, many, many years, and he reminded me of some stories that I had forgotten, um, and he, he remembers me getting on the, I was probably, I guess, 15 or 16 years of age at that time, and I was in my three-point stance during the turkey bowl. At the Red, in Redlands, we'd play turkey, bowl, football all the time. I don't know if it was that time or if it wasn't that time. It was another time we played football. And he, Brother Bobo's never one to back down to a challenge. I'm sure, I'm sure you know his docile nature. I'm sure you're fairly aware of that. And um, I cannot remember that time, but I do remember when I was 15 or 16, we had a, a fundraiser. And it was an auction in which we auctioned up the services of the young people. And we were trying to make money to go to youth convention or whatever the event was that we were attempting to go to. 
And you know, there's just something about when you're the PK. Everybody has a target on your back. They want to they wanna just see what you're made of. And, and I loved it because there were two men between the ages of 15 and 17 that God gave me. One's name was Brother Al Arnett, and the second one was named Brother Bobo. And God used them to try to stir me up. And they would hire me, Brother Arnett would hire me to work concrete. And I would, I would, I would get in there with my shovel, and I'm telling you, I never backed down from work. I had no problem, but they wanted to see what you're made of. They wanted to test your resolve and see what you have in you. And then I remember on that auction, Brother Bobo was the highest bidder. And he, he had it. I don't know if he made any money on that job or not because he paid so much for my services. And I carried two-by-fours high, off of Highland Avenue in San Bernardino. I carried two-by-fours up and down an eight-foot ladder all day long. I don't know, I don't know, I always tell people I'm really good at destroying things. Now don't ask me to put things back together, but I can destroy them. And so we have fond memories with the Bobos and now we're thankful for the miracle that God has done in Brother Matthew's life. He's attending our local church there. Good, good, good man. So thankful for what the Lord is doing. Aren't you thankful to be living for God? What a day to be living for Jesus. Anybody thankful to be ex and excited that you're a part of the kingdom of God? This is the greatest life. This is the greatest life living for Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Stand with me and let's quickly get into the word of the Lord. And um, as you are turning to the book of Revelation... Um, I'll say it is good to have my wife and my family, as I have made mention of already. It's good to have them in the house of the Lord with me, love them dearly, and I'm glad that they are traveling with us. And um, I'm believing God. I, I, I'm getting, I'm not an old man, and yet at the same time, I don't know, I'm not in my 20s anymore. And so I would say I'm not a young man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't, and I don't even want to claim middle age yet. So I'm not quite want to. I don't want to kind of hold middle age yet. It's not where I want to be yet. So I'm somewhere beneath middle age, just hanging by a thread. And um, so I'll say this though. I'm getting to the point when I was younger. You know, you always were looking for things to preach, and now. I'm getting to the point, it's not about what do I need, what, let me find something to preach. It's about what am I supposed to say right now? Because there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of messages. There are people all across this city that are going to hear some type of message today. But the question is, is it a message from God? It can be a message from, they can take it from a variety of different sources, but I'm interested in what saith the Word of God right now. I'm telling you, we need a Word that's in season. We need a Word that's for today. We need a Word that's not going to pass away. And that's what I pray today, that you have come hungry for, that God would work and move and minister in this place. Revelation 12 and uh, 7 through 11. You have heard this 
passage, I imagine, many times before. If you're a guest or visitor here, we're thankful that you have joined us in worship. We want you to participate in what God has for you today. We want you to participate. This is, this is not a spectator sport. We don't come to church to sit in our hands. We come to church to worship God. And you just join in the party with us. You join in with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 7. And really don't have to read all of this. I just like that the devil still is defeated. And every once in a while I like to read those scriptures and remind everybody. The Bible says, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels. Boy, I like this. And prevailed not. Boy, don't ever let the devil tell you he's going to be able to beat you. Don't ever let. The Bible, the Bible tells us that he was kicked out of heaven. He has no place in heaven. The Bible says that Paul said, neither give place to the devil. He's just meant to be a roamer. He's just roaming, looking for a place. If you give him habitation, it's because you've allowed him to be there. You don't have to allow him to cohabitate in your mind, in your marriage, in your situation. He doesn't belong there. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. The Bible says, And they over." came him this is what i want you to draw your attention to very familiar and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death i want to preach to you for a few moments not a very elaborate title but just going to preach to you on the testimony the testimony, the testimony. Would you put your Bibles down right now? And I'm going to ask you to intently pray. I can't do this by myself. I need the help of the Holy Ghost and I need your help. Let's join together right now as co-laborers. Hallelujah. Every hand lifted, every voice lifted to the Lord. God, I love you. I praise you. I magnify you. Hallelujah. If you've got the Holy Ghost, lift up your voice and cry aloud with me. God, I'm asking your presence to come close to us right now. I'm asking your presence to come close to us right now. Oh, God, I'm asking you to move into this house. Move into this place. Move into this body. Move into this moment, I pray. Set at liberty those that are held captive. Set at liberty those that are held captive. I pray it by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. 
I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Let's clap our hands. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel faith in the house this morning. I feel faith in this place. I wish you'd turn to somebody and say, anything can happen. Come on, I want you to say it like you believe it. Woo! I'm telling you, anything can happen in this place. Anything could happen in this place. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I start with a quick story to illustrate uh, what I would like to launch into this, this afternoon. I, I remember some time ago reading a story of, about a man by the name of Javid Fields. And uh, let me quickly recount his story. He, he had survived two bullet wounds in a, a shooting, and he, he had... He had been very close to death. And when the investigators began to interrogate him and ask him questions about what had uh, transpired, he realized, uh, they quickly realized that there was more at work than what they initially thought. But he began to recount to them that he knew exactly who the perpetrators were against him. He knew exactly their name, their profile, their silhouette, everything he could recount because he knew what they were after. He knew that they were not after any money. They were not after any materialism, but they were only after him. And The reason was is because many months prior, he had been a witness to a shooting um, and, and, and he had been uh, there in the premises, had seen it, had deta detailed accounts of what had happened on that day. In fact, one time his fiancée told him, she said, you better watch out because you're a marked man. They have it out for you. And he lived with this angst and fear and anxiety in his life. In fact, on that fateful night when those bullets whizzed by his head, just barely missing him, he was once again inundated with all of the emotions of fear and anxiety because they were after him. They wanted his life. They wanted his being. But the reality was as they began to unravel this complicated uh, murder mystery, they begin to find out they really were not after Javed. In fact, what they were really after was his testimony. They really were not concerned with the life and death of the man. They were concerned with what he could do and what he could say and how he could he could uh, 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 give so much testimony against them that it would incarcerate them for the rest of their life. 
Let me just stop and say at the very outset of this message today, don't always think that the devil is just out for you. But the devil has greater designs than just your life and death. Why are you going through what you're going through? Why are you dealing with what you're dealing with? He is, he is making an attempt to silence something that is greater than just your ability to breathe, more than just your ability to stand. But brother and sister, he's trying to silence your testimony. You've got something that can shake hell from top to bottom. God's done enough for you that you could shut the accuser of the brethren's mouth once and for all. And so you're going to find yourself spiritually being targeted by fiery darts left and right whizzing by you trying to keep you out of the house of God trying to keep you sick trying to keep you crossways with the man trying to, 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 to sneak in that old addiction into your system that once had inhabited but he's not just after your life he's after your testimony he's after what God has already done for you. He's already, he's already knows that you're going to breathe. He doesn't really care that you just come to church, but he wants you to know, do you still have your testimony? Do you still have a shout in your mouth? Do you still have a voice in your voice box? Do you still have something that you can shake hell? And I know you are the very target of the onslaught of the enemy adversary but can I stop and rise to remind you greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world no weapon that is formed against me is going to be able to prosper I've got a testimony hell can't shut me up hell can't silence me hell I don't care you can't intimidate me devil I know what my God is capable of. I know what he's done. I know what he will do. I know he will do greater. Anybody in the house still have a testimony? Hallelujah. I'm convinced that the devil doesn't even mind us coming to church as long as we don't bring our testimony. We can bring our Bibles, but don't bring your testimony. We can wear our ties, but don't bring your testimony. We can come in and we can look the part, but don't bring your testimony. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. And when I begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord, it's not just that I'm trying to be happy and clappy for Jesus. But when I talk about the goodness of the Lord, I'm speaking those things that are not as though they were. I am putting things into the atmosphere that the 
devil is trying to penetrate. But I've come to tell somebody, I don't know where you lost your testimony in 2019, but baby, pick it up. Pick up your testimony. Pick up the goodness of the Lord. Pick it up again and say, I refuse to leave 2019. I'm not going into 2020 without my testimony. I might not have a job. I might not have money. But if I've got a testimony, I know I can make it. If I've got a testimony, I know I'm going to see it through. Your neighbor say, I've got my testimony. Ah, hallelujah. 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 Oh, I wish somebody right now, just where you're sitting, throw your hands into the air and say, look what the Lord has done. Come on, throw your hands into the air. Look what the Lord has done. I just want to just stop, stop and tell somebody something. It's not in my notes, but I'll just tell you something. You're going to find what you're looking for. David said, I choose to look for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's some people, they just don't choose to look for good. They you have a choice to look for good or to look for evil. You have a choice to believe you can inhabit revival. You have a choice in the matter. The devil can't make you think. You've got a choice if you want to live for God. You've got a choice to be victorious. You've got a choice to be used by God. You've got a choice in the matter. David said, I just, I choose to look for the goodness of the Lord. I'm looking for goodness. I'm walking out of 19 and I'm looking for goodness. Hallelujah. I don't know how you come to, I'm come to church, but I come to church with a smile on my face. I come to church believing today's going to be the day. I come to church believing today's going to be the genesis of my miracle. I come into the house of the Lord, say today's going to be the day where I finally get a breakthrough. Today's going to be the day that we baptize the Lydia of our city. Today's going to be the day that miracles sign. Anybody believe this in the house? Am I, am I preaching to anybody that still says I've got a testimony? I'm not going to just go through this without a testimony burning in my heart oh clap your hands unto the Lord clap your hands the Bible talks about the testimony of God all throughout the word of God in fact the Bible tells us that there was known as the Ark of the Covenant. It also had another term, which was called the Ark of the Testimony. Hallelujah. That the Ark of the Covenant was the place that represented where the glory of God resided. And where that glory of God resided between the two cherubims, right there on the mercy seat, that covered 
what the contents of the ark of the testimony. Let me tell you something. There's another place the Bible, I could go on and on and talk about that the Bible talks about the tent of testimony. That there was a place that housed the glory of God where the table of showbread, where all of the other furnishings of the tabernacle, altar of incense, the golden laver, so on and so forth. All, all the contents were in the tent of the testimony. And when they built a tabernacle, they said it's going to be a tabernacle made on the name of our God. It's going to be the tent or the tabernacle of the testimony. Inside of the ark of the testimony, you're well acquainted with it. But there were three contents inside. Number one, the Bible says that in that ark of the testimony was Aaron's rod that budded. Number two, there was the, the pot of manna that represented the, the, the provisions of God in the midst of a bleak and weary time. And then next to those two items were the tablets of stone. Because what speaks to testimonies like no other are those that have received the word of God, have been furnished by provision, and have tasted of the miraculous touch of the Holy Ghost. Now if you've never have a, had a miracle, then I expect you to sit down and close your mouth without a testimony. But if you've touched God, if you felt the supernatural, if you knew that it was only God who made a way, then there should be something in your spirit that bubbles up and you rise to your feet and say, I cannot be silent. I cannot be docile. I cannot I cannot just walk through these motions. I've seen too much. I've felt too much. I still have a testimony of what God has done. Anybody ever have a testimony of a pot of manna appearing in your life? Check coming in the mail. Check coming in the mail. You didn't know it was coming? Oh yeah. You can try to you can try to minimize that just to some fluke thing that happened. But I'm looking for the goodness of the Lord. I've seen some people. We had one lady in our church who was dealing with shaken faith. And she she was looking for a job, and her husband finally got a job. And 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 for so many years he had been looking for this particular position. And after so many years, he finally was what was awarded that position but her faith had gotten so shaken that when he finally got the position brother Bobo she rationalized it to his resume she rationalized it to something that he had done let me just stop and remind you I don't care what how long it takes for God to do it at the end of the day it's still supernatural at the end of the day if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side you couldn't have that job if it wasn't for God you wouldn't still be married if it wasn't for the miraculous you wouldn't be 
sitting here still in the mercy and in the grace of God if it was not for the testimony that you're hanging on to. Come on, church. Hang on to your testimony. Hang on to your testimony. Your testimony will make you an overcomer. testimony the problem is we're like Israel sometimes we forgot about the manna and we forgot about the water and we forgot about that we passed through on dry land and our attention span is likened to that of a four year old spiritually and we can't remember no wonder the writer of the Old Testament in the Pentateuch said I've got to let you know beware lest thou forget beware lest thou forget can I just tell you that's why they had an entire book of the very actions of what God had done because every once in a while when you're down and you don't feel like you can go any further and your faith is melting away and you don't think that you can see the goodness of the Lord you've got to open up the word of God and remind yourself no I remember in 89 God made a way I remember in 2011 we were on our we were on our last top ramen but God made a way you've got to pick up that testimony you've got to pick up that testimony and carry it with you lift up your hands Every hand lifted right now. Lift up your voices right now. Come on, let faith come. I'm trying to preach somebody out of their prison. I'm trying to preach somebody out of where they're at. I've come to remind you, God's done too much for you. You've got to rise with your testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, the Bible tells us the ark of the testimony had miraculous things. It had a pot of man. It had Aaron's rod that budded, showing the divine providence of God in something that was dead. Supernatural hand of God working so that it was giving direction. Hallelujah. There is the table and the tablets of stone that I think sometimes, and it's not just because I happen to be the one that fills this sacred desk this afternoon, but I want you to know that in the tablet and the and the ark of the testimony, the tablets of stone and the word of God are meant to remind you of what God has. It's not an exercise in eloquence. It's not an attempt to be able to slaughter the king's English or to speak the king's English. It does not matter. The word of God is meant to renew something in you, to redig the wells that will flow again, 
to get down into Jacob's well and dig out that worth that has stopped up and dammed up the flow of God. It's the word of God. I don't know why he chose preaching, but the Bible says he chose by the foolishness of preaching to save. I want you to know preaching is meant to stir your faith. Preaching is meant to remind you of how great our God is. Preaching is meant not to be a God man in the pulpit. Preaching is meant to the man to point you to God and say, look what Jesus can do. Look what God can do. Look what the power of God can do. We have people that they're sideways. I, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to get too far off into this. But there's some people, they feel like if they really preach with the preacher, that they are somehow validating the preacher. That's what comes to their mind. Well, if I lift my hands, clap my hands, they're going to think that he's just going to think he's just all that, a bag of chips. He's got, he's got the side cookie. He's got everything. No, 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 no. Amening the Word of God is to stir your testimony. It doesn't help me. I'm going to preach by the favor and the fear of God no matter what. I don't need your validation. I don't need your validation. I'm not saying I don't need you because God has fitly joined us together. But what I am saying is I can preach with response or without response. Your pastor can preach with response or without response. But when the tablets of stone are opened up, it's trying to rekindle a testimony of what God can do. It's time to rekindle a dream that has been that has been dead in your spirit for too long that God's about to resuscitate. God said, I want the ark of the testimony to be full of the word. I remember, I remember I was a brother, brother Bobo. Sorry to call on them again, but they will remember this man probably. I called his name. But I went to a church school in my 11th grade year. And uh, at this church school, I remember visiting and frequenting a neighboring church. Um, I was friends with a lot of the young people. And I remember going to them on off nights. And there was a man, young man, that I have to admit, Brotherhood, he was um, not quite um, all there. I, he was somehow challenged. But this young man, I kid you not, if I'm lying, I'm dying, and I'm going to fry. But he would sit on the front row. This is what he would do. I'm telling you. He would sit on the front row, and the preacher would call his text. And this guy was a big guy. His name was Yancey was his name, and they'll remember him. His name was Yancey. Mentally challenged to range, but he would stand up, his tie was all crooked his plaid I mean you're not going to find that dude in GQ he wasn't a million miles in the way of GQ they, they, he was a poster child for what not to do but he had his suit he had his tie to the side he had plaid and stripes he had whatever mix match but he would stand there and they, he would give them the text 
and he would get the text as the preacher was about to preach and he would have that he would have that book of the law open and he would begin to read it and all of a sudden the preacher would give the title and brother Yancey would do this I promise you I'm telling you the truth he would turn around on the front row and he would do this He was letting everybody know, I don't know what he's going to preach. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know where he's going. I don't know if I've already heard this. But before he gets going, he's preaching to me. He's preaching to me. I wish somebody would get their testimony so stirred up that before the preacher starts to preach, you start saying, preach to me, preacher. Preach to me. I'm not bringing an umbrella. I'm not bringing a shovel. I'm not going to put this on my neighbor. But it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I'm not going to try to fix Figure out what the preacher's gonna preach. I'm not gonna try to enter. I'm just gonna allow him to stir up my testimony. I think we ought to lift up our hands right now and stir something up in the Holy Ghost. Come on, serve him. Every hand lifted, every voice lifted. Let's stir it up. Let's stir it up. I'm telling you, the God that you serve, He's still able. He's still able. He's still able. I know you've been praying for that backslidden son, but He's still able. Let me stir up your most holy faith. He wants your testimony. He'll silence your testimony. He'll, I know this isn't good English. He'll hypocrite your testimony. He'll backslide your testimony. But all he's trying to do is silence your testimony. He knows that you're a witness. He knows what you've seen. He knows what you've heard. He knows what he's done. And he's accuser of the brethren. And day and night, he starts coming and saying, look what they've done. But you know that greater is he. And you know 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that says, if I confess my sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You know too much. And when there's somebody that walks in, a brother that they're down on their faith, what he wants you to do is to silence your encouragement, to silence the spirit of Barnabas. He wants you to silence your mouth he doesn't want you to pray for them he doesn't want you to shout with them he doesn't want you to dance with them he wants to silence you because he's really after your testimony it's your testimony that's going to overcome him it's your testimony of what God has done that's going to break the chains it's your testimony that's going to give flight to your faith it's your testimony that's going to bring you into a large place. It's your testimony that's going to take you through the next trial. It's your testimony that's going to take you to the next elevation. It's your testimony that's going to take you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. I'm, I'm, I'm closer to being done than you think I am. 
But you know, you know what the devil loves to do, my brother? First thing he loves to do, he loves to imprison your testimony. If he can get your testimony imprisoned, he thinks he can silence it. Huh? If he can get it imprisoned, he thinks he can make you to shut your mouth and not to allow the other people in your congregation, in your church, and in your family to hear what God can do. The Bible says that there was a man, yeah, I'm not going to preach this all, but let me just say, I just need two friends. Come here. I got two. This is a man of God right here. This is a man of God right here. Hallelujah. Sit down. Come on. You, you, you know Paul. You know Brother Paul, don't you? And you know Brother Silas, don't you? And the Bible says that they had just got done having a revival at the, at the lakefront. They were on, they on the lakefront. They were baptizing people. They were starting churches. And all of a sudden, the devil started to get stirred up. Not going to preach this all. But what the devil was after is he said, let me get them and let me put them in prison. Let me give them a trial. Let me put my lashes on their back. Let me put bonds on their wrists. Let me put fetters on their feet. Let me imprison them. Because if I can imprison pr- them, I can shut their mouth. When they're in prison, they won't, won't look for the goodness of the Lord. When they're dealing with financial dilemmas, they won't deal. They won't believe in paying their tithes. When they're dealing with financial issues, they'll put their offerings on the back burner. When they're dealing with all of these things, I can shut their testimony. But here there were two old boys that said, no, even in the trial, we've got a testimony. Even when things aren't going well, we're going to sing, we're going to pray, and we're going to shout. We're going to sing, we're going to pray, and we're going to shout. Why don't you sit on this floor? Y'all mind? I'm sorry. I know. Back to back, back to back, back to back. And all of a sudden, come on, I want you to. Yeah, yeah, link up. Link up. Can you do both of them? Are you flexible enough? If not, we're going we're gonna to get them a flex right now. They're flexible. Yeah, they, they, he, he's going he's gonna to have to go do Zumba class after this, trying to get flexible. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. All of a sudden, what they didn't have were their hands. And what they didn't have with their feet. I know this is elementary. I know this is basic. I've just got a word from the Lord for you today. But all of a sudden, they said, what we have left is we still have our mouth. I want somebody to know, you know what? The devil might have taken everything from you. The hell might have stolen everything from you. Your wife may have left you. Your husband may have left you. You might be the only one in your family going to church. But with whatever you've got left, baby, praise him. With whatever you've got left cry out to him with whatever morsel of energy you've got left let the testimony let the redeemed of the Lord say so I want you to notice this because we I know you know this but we don't think about it they started praying they didn't start praising, started praying. 
Now, we like it because it preaches really good that they started praising. But the Bible says they first they prayed. All of a sudden, they started praying. And when they started praying, their praying turned into singing. And when they started singing, their singing turned into praising. And when they started singing and praising, God inhabited their situation. And the God that they walked into the prison testifying about is the God that gave them another testimony. It's the same God that brought them out. He said, devil, you tried to shut me up, but I've got more testimony than I know what to do with. He's done so much for me. And when they began to sing, the Bible says the place was shaken. And not only was their mouth free, but now their hands were free. Now their feet were free because there's something about praising in the midst, praying in the midst of your testimony. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they get in prison. We get in prison, you know what the Bible says? That everybody heard them. You know what happens with your testimony? Everybody hears it. Instead of hearing the gossip and the junk, they start hearing the testimony. Let me just stop and tell you something. The Bible says that all the prisoners heard them. All the prisoners heard them. I could talk about loud church. I could talk about wild church. I could talk about praise in church, exuberant church, and enthusiastic church. But you know what I want you to hear is that your testimony was never meant just to be for your brother. Your testimony was meant to be heard outside of your trial. Your testimony was meant to be heard outside of your circumstance. Your testimony was meant to be heard by somebody else. Hey, hey, hear me now. The Bible says that when they heard them, their bands were loosed. You've heard this before. I'm not preaching anything you don't know. I'm just trying to remind you that their bands were loosed because they heard a testimony. What am I trying to tell you? If you're not speaking a testimony and you're speaking negative, then you're binding things that should be loosed. You're binding things that should be set free. You're binding things that God's wanting to release. When you testify of what God can do, you're loosing somebody else. When you testify of what God's doing, it's loosing somebody else. It's not just your testimony, but it's the testimony of the tabernacle. It's the testimony of the tent of testimony. It's the tent of testimony that houses where the glory of God resides. I'm done. Don't worry. This is not just an introduction. Take off the jacket thing. Don't worry. I'm done. The Bible says this. Every once in a while, even people that have talked about testimonies need reminded of testimonies. You know what the Bible says? John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. 
I mean, John the Baptist was talking, he was talking big news about Jesus. He was saying, there was one coming after me whose shoe latches I'm not even willing to untie. And he is, I am baptizing you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful testimony. But prisons suck out testimonies. Prisons suck out testimonies and give way to skepticism and silence. So the devil tries to put you in prison, put you locked up, chained up to situations. The Bible says John is sitting in a prison at the direction of Herod. And those dark days start messing with his mind. And the man that was preaching testimony starts to become a skeptic. And all of a sudden, he starts, he starts speaking through the little peephole in the local prison in Jerusalem. He says, can you go ask Jesus, is it really him or should we look for another? Because even people, what it was said of John the Baptist, there is not another man a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Let me tell you something. Even great people need to be reminded every once in a while of what God has done. And all of a sudden, his little disciples went to Jesus and they looked Jesus in the eye and they said, John's wanting to know if you're really the one. He said, I want you to do this. Look at John and tell him, that the blind see, the lame walk, and the deaf hear. You know what Jesus was saying? Let me give you another prophecy to remind John of what I can do. Let me give you another prophecy that while he's in prison, if he'll hang on to his testimony, if he'll hang on to what God has done in due time, he's going to reap if he faints not. the word testimony the word testimony what's another word that has the same suffix of testimony matrimony it is the act of what happens when you're about to be married testimony is the act of the witness and sometimes you have to testify even when the verdict hasn't been read yet. Sometimes when you're still enslaved into it and you're pinned up against the wall and you're still working through the through the issues and the drugs are still tempting you and the problems are still mounting and the financial issues are still weighing on you and your your emotions are out of whack and your, your, your whole life seems to be up and down but there is a function of a testimony. It is the witness. It is the act of what a witness does in the middle of a test. You don't do it after the test. You do it in the test. You talk about what has happened 
happening while you're in the test while you're in the middle of it while you have not received it while you have not laid hold to it you say I'm still going to testify of what God has done and John looked with eagle eyes and he looked into the future and he said I beheld that the devil was cast down I beheld that Satan fell down and he didn't have a place in heaven he didn't have a place in earth and he had tried to accuse the brethren day and night he tried to remind them of what they did last night he tried to remind them of their failures he tried to remind them that God hadn't come through yet he tried to remind them of unfulfilled promises he tried to remind them of unfulfilled favor he tried to remind you of what seemed to be broken promises for God but the Bible said that as he was accusing out of the side came a witness out of the side came a saint of God out of the side came a saint that said just wait you've got to stop those accusations because I'm going to talk about what God can do I'm not going to allow you to incarcerate anybody else and we're going to overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony lift up your hands all across this building come on every hand lifted right now come on every hand lifted right now shata yandoro sata shanda yerebo sata you say, Brother Wilmoth, what are you trying to do today? I'm trying to get you to pick up your testimony. Come on. Every hand uplifted right now. I need you to plug in. I need you to stir something up right now. There's some people in this building that you've got some broken promises that you've laid hold of. There's some people here, you've got some broken dreams that are in your filling your mind. There are people here that you have skept, you're a skeptic and you've got questions, but I've come to remind you how you're gonna get through that, how you're gonna walk through that. You're gonna have to walk through with a testimony. Come on, lift up your hands. Nobody looking around. Everybody plug in. Everybody plug in right now. If there's somebody right around you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, put your hand on their shoulder if it's appropriate. Grab somebody by the hand. And I want you to say, we're walking out of this prison with a fresh testimony. We're walking out of this tragedy with a fresh testimony. Come on, the Holy Ghost is wanting to move. Before I say one more thing, I'm asking everybody to stand in the house, to lift up your hands. There's going to be a restitution of all things right now. There's going to be a restitution of all things. Come on, cry aloud. Cry aloud. Cry. I will not leave this house without a testimony. 
Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed. I'm asking you to leave your seat right now. Leave your seat right now. And as an act of faith, I want you to run to this front. Lift up your hands and let God baptize you with the fresh testimony. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, he's not just after your soul, he's after your testimony. He saved me. Come on, every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Let there be a move of God right now. He delivered me and he set me free. Come on, brother. I'm tired. Every I'm tired of living made. in accusation. I'm tired I'm of living beneath when I'm supposed to be above. I can lift my hands and say, Thank you for your grace. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. You, God can baptize you afresh. He rescued me and He delivered me and He set me free. Ever since I've been chained by the blood, I've never been the same. I've got a testimony. I've got a testimony. I'm not leaving. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I might walk through the valley, but I've got a testimony. And by the word of my test, I'm an overcomer. Today is the day that I finally release myself. Your 
strength. strength. 